Hello, welcome to the Jim Kleiber Show. Today is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. I want to explore a few things today. One, I want to explore sitting further back from the mic to see if you can still hear, uh, hear me, but also maybe see me and I'm not so up close on the screen. The second thing I want to explore is motivation. Why do we do the things that we do or or don't do the things that uh, we want to do or think we're supposed to do. And on this topic, it reminds me of a conversation I had with this guy named uh, Tom Chi once. And um, uh, he, he worked on Google Glass. He was at uh, Google working in their kind of special projects division for a while. And um, I gave him a ride to the airport once and he was telling me, he says, you know what, I have all the skills, you know, I, I know how to sell a company, I know how to do research, I know how to um, build a product, I know how to do all these different things, but I don't, for some reason, I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's like I know how to do it, I'm just not doing it. And I look at my last year and I um, think about that a lot. I've built so many tools to help me get better at expressing emotion, feeling emotion, uh, processing emotion. Um, being emotionally healthy, being physically healthy, so many of these things. And um, yet I am in the worst physical shape of my life. Um, my muscle is like deteriorated after, you know, I've been at home for, gosh, almost a year now. And arguably being at home means I have a, I could have a huge routine, an incredible routine where I could exercise every single day and I could be in really good shape. Um, because of where I live, I'm at, I'm at home in the suburbs. There's a lot of space around. Um, it was warm throughout the spring, summer, and fall. And even in the winter, it's not too cold. But I haven't. I haven't been taking care of myself so much. And it really makes me ask the question about motivation. What makes us do the things that we actually do? Why do we do the things that we do? And I can pull it down to, you know, I was feeling certain emotions about this or about that. And I do think at, at the root of it, um, there are emotional reasons why we um, make the decisions that we do and behave the way we do. But one thing that jumps out to me a lot is that we seem, or at least I seem, to be motivated not by the question why, but for whom am I doing something? You know, so <clears throat> I th I've noticed that even if I'd go out for a walk over this last year, I'd go out for a walk, but I'd go quickly. You know, I, I tell myself, okay, I'm going to go out for a walk. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to relax. And I go out and I go quickly. I go as fast as I can. And I try to get back. I'm trying to get back for what? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll look at Twitter or I'll watch the news or I'll uh, record a podcast or I'll... Um, do something else because for me, what I'm thinking in my mind is if I'm out walking, it is not directly helping somebody else. And people are struggling right now. There's COVID-19, there's uh, political instability, there's a lot going on right now in this country. And I need to help. And I've had that kind of guilt for going out and taking care of myself because it didn't seem like it was helping other people. 
um, especially not directly. And so I'd stay up late uh, having a conversation with somebody because I think, okay, this conversation will help them. Um, or I'll um, do something else, just thinking that almost swimming in this world of uncertainty and thinking, you know, or basically not swimming, but <laughs> uh, thrashing and, and, um, and barely keeping my head above the water, trying to tread water in this world of so much uncertainty. And feeling so much frustration and disappointment with myself for not doing more to help. Um, and I think that's why taking care of myself hasn't worked so well, because I think this is a fundamental challenge I've been working on for a couple of years now, is trying to figure out how what I would call is step one, step one about me, step two about you, and step three about we or us. Um, I've been trying to figure out why so many of us don't do step one while well, we pay attention to the other person over and over again we we so often get stuck in step two you'll see it a lot in conflicts you know you did this and you did that and you you don't want this and this is what you really want and this is how you're feeling it's like what and then the other person responds well you, you don't care about me and you did this and you did that and uh i, I know you know i know what your intentions are it's like huh you what and so we can get so stuck in focusing on the other person. And what I've seen over the years is that focusing on ourselves can really help us feel better. The trick is, why should we focus on ourselves? <laughs> and I've stumbled on it in so many different ways over these last couple of years. You know, why should I focus? Sometimes when I get to the absolute brink, and then I go, okay, then I need to focus on myself. But So yeah, I think a lot of last year has been seeing so much happening outside of me, feeling so much stress and anxiety and helplessness about what's going on and, and frustration and anger with myself for not doing more to help that um, I've been not doing step one. And so this comes back to the idea of for whom. So when I think about doing step one, the things that have helped me uh, over the past year, hmm, prioritize and recognize the importance of paying attention to myself is when I frame it as um, leadership training. Or when I frame it as being a leader or when I frame it as uh, emotional leadership. Or when I talk about trickle down emotions Basically, when I figure out a way to describe how step one impacts step two. So maybe it would be easier with uh, more uh, tan you know, tangible examples. So, <clears throat> so how step one uh, impacts step two? How, do, how does my condition impact your condition? And how does it flow that way? So uh, trickle-down emotions. If I am feeling angry... And I, uh, if I feel angry about not taking care of my body or not sleeping well at night, there's a very good chance that when I interact with you, I'm going to be more angry uh, than normal. And that may cause you to think that you did something to, to anger me. And that may cause you to get angry because I'm not telling you why I'm angry. And then now we get into a fight. <laughs> and really, it has more to do with the fact that I didn't sleep well. So 
um, reverse engineering that if I slept well and I felt uh, grateful for how I took care of my body and paid attention to going to bed early and paid attention to feeling really relaxed while I was sleeping and not thinking about other things, not trying to solve problems in my sleep um, and really being present, then there's a likelihood that when I wake up, I'll feel more relaxed, I'll feel more grateful, more uh, um, uh, um, relieved and more um, hopeful in a way. And then when I interact with you, again, I will be more grateful, uh, appreciative, hopeful, etc. And so that's one way. It's just that our emotions can directly transfer to someone else. And um, I think this happens so much. And um, what else? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the main ways. <laughs> um, and I think why I like the idea of leadership is because it says I'm not doing it for one specific person. I'm doing it for many, many, many people. I think one, um, you know, I, I remember reading about, I think it was Navy SEALs or some other uh, military members who were overseas and going through some really, really hard times, really hard battles. And they said what kept them alive was thinking about getting home to their family, being able to see their wife one more time or their kids one more time, that drive to be able to see their family members and to be with their family members um, really kept them going. And I think that can be a very strong motivating factor for us. You know, why would I um, take a specific job you know, if I have someone that's, if I'm just relying on income from myself, maybe it's not such a big deal. But if somebody's relying on me to have money so that they could live, so that they can have food, again, whether that's a spouse or whether it's a kid or it's a parent or it's a neighbor or somebody just very close in our lives, then we take the job. Like sometimes we don't even think about it. We're like, I need to take this because I am so strongly motivated for this person. Um, and sometimes we do that for our own health as well I think sometimes we do it for very specific individuals uh, we have a family friend whose uh, whose uh, son and, and uh, daughter-in-law are adopting a child and um, she seems to have a renewed zeal for life she wants to take better care of herself because she's gonna have a grandkid she's got someone to live for you know she wants to see this kid she wants to play with this kid she wants to spend as much time with him as possible um, as I mentioned, like the military case of wanting to come home, like why, but even the fighting, why are we fighting or, or I hate to put it this way, but a lot of times I think crime is motivated by for whom rather than, um, why are we doing something? A lot of times we don't know why we're doing something. We're doing it for that person. So I guess there's a why, but the why is, um, related to the, per the other person, you know? Why did you hit that guy over the head? Because he was hurting somebody I cared about. Oh, you're, I was doing it for him or for her or for him. I wasn't doing it uh, for me. I knew I was going to get in trouble, but I, I, didn't, I couldn't stand watching that person get hurt anymore. <clears throat> There's a talk by Simon Sinek, I believe. I think he's got a book too. It's called, uh, is it The Power of Why? sounds about right. 
Um, but it talks about how there's, <clears throat> there's a circle. He says there's what, and then you go in, there's how, and then you go into the center of it, it's why. And a lot of companies, when they're selling something, they talk about the what, and then maybe the how, and then the why. And he says some of the strong companies start the why and move out to the what, or move out to the how, then move out to the what. <clears throat> and I've been contemplating this one a lot. I don't actually know if I believe that's how it works. Because I think we're really good at rationalizing why. <laughs> we can, I, you know, personally, I can come up with so many different stories for why somebody should do something. So many of them. Um, but I wonder if really we, we do things for whom. If that's one of the strongest motivating factors we have. Why did I sign up to take Krav Maga um, back in 2012? Was it 2012? 2013. Why did I sign up in 2013 over the summer to take Krav Maga? Because I had been dating a woman. I was madly in love. We broke up and <clears throat> she didn't feel safe walking in, in an alley with me or something. She didn't feel safe. Like I could protect her physically. And I wanted like the, the pain of the breakup destroyed me. And I wanted to feel strong enough that I could protect her in a situation like that strong enough, but also, uh, skilled enough if it makes sense and so i took krav maga and i think i took it three days a week or something or four days a week i was going very consistently um, and i got into the some of the you know the best shape of my life and that's why i had that very strong motivating factor for why i was doing it and the motivating factor was a person and and trying to protect or take care of a person and I see this a lot. I remember I dated a girl um, back in college and she smoked a lot and smoked cigarettes a lot. And we started dating and I really didn't like the smoking. And it was really, you know, I grew up in a household where my mother smoked uh, most of my life. And the girl I was dating stopped smoking. I was like, what? You stopped? <laughs> Maybe she had other reasons, but I think she was motivated to stop partially because of me. I was like, wow. <laughs> Like, and so really just exploring this idea about why do we do things or more than anything, for whom are we doing these things? You know? And maybe we can take it even to the political case. You know, why, when we say, oh, why would people go in and break into the Capitol? I'm really asking for whom are they doing this? Who, you know, who do they think will benefit from this? Who are they trying to protect? Who are they doing this on behalf of? Um, I remember chatting with some people on Twitter uh, throughout the year about politics. And one person seemed to really support Trump because they had a son in the military who was overseas and almost got killed and knows people who got killed. And so they want people in the military coming back because they want to see their son. <laughs> they don't want to see their son die overseas. And they don't want other people to have their son die overseas. So they're doing it for their son or for, at least in their mind, it's for themselves as well, but for their son or for their, their, um, their neighbors who also have people overseas. Yeah, so I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if we pause and ask ourselves that question so much. For whom am I doing this? 
You say, oh, why am I doing this? Why am I not doing this? Why are they doing this? Instead of for whom are they doing this? Seems a bit strange sometimes to say for whom, but <laughs> who are they doing this for, if you want to say it that way? Um, who are they doing this on behalf of? On the behalf of. So when I think about doing something for a specific individual, it does motivate me very strongly, you know? But I think even more so, when I think about doing it for many individuals, then I can feel even more motivated. You know, why would I get up and go for a run? If I'm going for a run, that means I'm not making a podcast. That means I'm not making a tool. That means I'm not communicating with people. It means I'm not uh, resolving conflicts with people. It means I'm not uh, whatever you helping somebody raise money or I'm helping, um, you know, I'm not helping someone directly if I'm going out for a run. But if I'm going out for a run because I want to have the strength, because I need to have the strength and the endurance to help people when they need it, and because I want to inspire other people to take care of themselves, and because I want to be here for my parents as they get older, and I want to be here for any potential kids that I have, and I want to be here so that when people in the community need someone who's got strength and endurance, that, that I can be the one to step up. I want to be here when there's... Um, You know, I want to have the energy for, for personal but also professional life for the people in my per personal and professional lives. Then I feel a heck of a lot more motivated. If I look at what's going on with the state of leadership and uh, how people are responding to, you know, how the elected officials and such are responding to what's going on uh, in the Capitol, I feel very motivated. <laughs> Because I say, ah, people want a leader. People, we are craving a leader who will stand up with strength and love. And um, those things require training. And so if I just tried to do the strength and love without practicing, without taking care of myself, I'll never make it. And so if people are looking for, looking for someone who will stand up and properly unite the country, not just unite the country in a facetious way which is the oh let's just pretend nothing happened in the very much conflict avoidant way of taking something and sweeping it under the rug and um, i'm not for that uh, i believe to actually unite and come together we have to have the strength to stand up for what we believe in and and to uh, and to tell people how we're actually feeling and what angers us and to to, to really stand up for the unity and when i say that again if people break the laws if people break the rules understand that breaking the laws and breaking the rules uh, hurts so many of us and when we don't hmm, one of the most loving things we can do to other people is to tell them when we're, they're hurting us and to stop them from hurting us so Anyways, so I think the uh, our motivational factor can be very strongly for whom are we doing these things? And I ask you that question, you know, maybe you're not taking care of yourself. For whom do you want to take care of yourself? 
again, maybe it's not a specific individual. Maybe it's like, for me, what motivates me a lot is um, looking at a group or a society. Sometimes it's just that nebulous idea of leadership because leadership for me is I am doing something for me that will have a direct impact on other people. I am doing these podcasts so I can get better at speaking in an improv improvisational or ad hoc uh, way so that, hmm, excuse me, so that I can get more comfortable speaking in front of a group when I have to speak on a specific topic and I can build this skill. Because if I build this skill, I'm not building it for myself. I'm building it for me if I'm going into a position of leadership, whether that's a formal or informal position of leadership where people are looking to me for answers, looking to me for guidance, looking to me uh, for a clue on how to feel when we respond to things. And, um, and I've noticed over the last couple months, especially, I've been becoming more and more angry and more and more disconnected and closed off from a lot of people. And I was chatting with a group of my friends in Tanzania and I got super angry. Um, it was January 6th. It was after the Capitol breach. And um, one of my friends was like, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, you know, but they were breaking in places in Portland. And I got furious. And many of my friends on there were like, this isn't you. Like who, who well, this isn't the gym that I know. And so since I haven't been taking care of myself, it is showing up in other ways and people are seeing it and recognizing it and um, it's having an impact on them. I think a lot of people over my life have been like, you're the optimistic one. You're the one who has hope. If you don't have hope anymore, if you aren't optimistic, then what am I going to do? <laughs> I remember one friend of mine saying, please don't stop working on these tools for emotion. Please don't stop doing what you're doing because if you stop, then, then what's left? Like you just seem to really rely on it in some ways. And so I think a lot of times when we do things, we forget that the impact that it has on other people. And this is the 100th show that I've done. 100 shows, 30 minutes minimum or so. That's, that's crazy. That's 50 hours of you listening to me. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, you know, one of the reasons I started this, like I said, is if even if people don't listen, I'm going to improve my ability and my comfort to sit here and speak for 30 minutes straight. I am not normally a person that monologues for longer than five minutes. So to be able to just sit and talk into a camera for 30 minutes straight ah, and come up with topics and try to be coherent, a skill that I'm building, for whom am I building this skill? I'm building this skill for, for people who want to hear a leader speak coherently, want to hear a leader speak from the heart, not from a teleprompter all the time, want to hear someone say what's on their mind, not what's on the paper. So that's, you know, I'm doing it for me, for others, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so just want to end this reflecting on that concept of who do you do things for? For whom do you do things? I prefer that one. <laughs> um, 
is it for one specific individual that you feel a very strong connection to? Are you taking that martial arts class because you want to protect that one person? Are you getting your degree because you want to make one person proud? Are you getting, are you taking that job because you want to provide financially for one person? Are you um, changing one of your, your vices? Are you, did you stop drinking? Did you stop smoking? Did you stop doing drugs? Did you stop being addicted to something else, to gambling? for one person um, and just the power of that and then also the power of expanding it not just for one person but for many people for a group of people for a very small group or a very large group of people are you doing this for your country as many people would say are you doing this for your city are you doing this for your family are you doing this for your, your ancestors? Are you doing this for the future generations? Are you doing this for people on the other side of the planet? Are you doing this for, who are you doing this for? So just something to reflect on. And um, I just wanted to say that it's helped me when I sit here and I think that I'm just recording these videos, these these audio podcasts, for me, doesn't, what's the point? <laughs> you know, just speaking into a box. But when I think about that I'm doing this for other people, I'm not only recording the message that they're hearing, um, but I'm doing it in a consistent way. So maybe it's providing some consistency for other people. Maybe it's... Um, giving other people the courage to do something themselves. Maybe it's helping people feel a little more relaxed and connected to life. Watching someone like me experiment live <laughs> on these podcasts um, with disheveled hair and a shorter beard now, but it was a crazy beard and just wearing a hoodie and an orange shirt and really just experimenting and playing. Maybe just playing uh, in front of people can really help them as well. And so I say this is if you're feeling stuck in motivation, if you're feeling stuck uh, not doing the things that you want to do or doing things that you don't want to do, I'd suggest just trying to pull back and reflect on for whom are you doing these things. And to uh, if you can find someone or if you can find a group, sometimes it can make it a lot uh, easier or make us feel a lot more uh, motivated and excited to do something and uh, justify it to ourselves. So me taking care of myself, me exercising, me eating right, me uh, drinking more water, me relaxing, letting myself relax is, yeah, for me, okay, whatever. But to do it for other people so that I can inspire a culture of feeling relaxed or so that when I interact with them, I feel more relaxed or so that when I get into a position, uh, a much uh, maybe larger position of leadership or more people are following, that um, I am prepared, that I have the skills, that I have the endurance, that I have the uh, emotional uh, uh, capacity to deal with these situations. So, yeah, I didn't comment too much on the comments today. Some of them were coming in. They were talking about politics, and uh, I'll interact with those people offline, but didn't want to 
veer too much into politics. I already feel guilty that I talked about it uh, in this episode anyways. So, yeah, something for you to reflect on on this Tuesday. Um, and we will, I will talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Okie dokie. Take care, y'all. Hi.